Good morning, everyone, and welcome once again to Breath of Pragma. This is Dr. Dennis Daniels. I've been a lung doctor serving the people of the United States of America for over two decades. I am very happy to get about our father's business. Um, here at Breath of Pragma, we encourage you to love to breathe and breathe to love. We teach you about the breath of life given to us by the Lord as noted in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7 where it reads, And the Lord God had formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Quite simply stated, is the only thing that came from inside the Lord directly into us. All the evidence we have and all the knowledge we have and all the understanding we have all point to the fact that we were created. And here really are your choices. You can believe that a magical, mystical rock showed up out of nowhere and then exploded and created. So when was the last time you saw something explode and create? Usually explosions destroy. And then the people who believe that really have to explain where this magical rock came from. Some people say that we came from gorillas. Well, if that's the case, then why are there still gorillas? Some people try to say we came from aliens. Well, if that's the case, then where did the aliens come from? Because they were obviously created too. So you either believe this story that makes no sense, it has no logic and no foundation, or you believe there is a creator, there's a Lord who created everything. You either believe that your great-great-great-great-grandfather was a maggot, or a pineapple, or a crab, or you believe that we were created. And if you believe we were created, well then congratulations, because knowledge, science, basic common sense, all explain and all clarify and prove that we were created. Evolution didn't create anything. People who study Charles Darwin, who is the father of evolution, know that he wrote after his second trip back to the Galapagos Islands that he was wrong about those birds being new species. He actually acknowledged that they were the same species that just adapted differently to different environments. That's not evolution. He also noted there is no explanation an evolutionary theory that explains how this all began. So evolution is just not the answer. And people who study evolution admit that. Having said that, they need a time factor for evolution to have occurred. One of their strongest arguments to say why we don't see a gorilla give birth to a human or a frog give birth to a cat because Believe it or not, that's what they say happened, that at some point in time, one animal gave birth to a completely different kind of animal. And their explanation to try to get people to accept that absurd, ridiculous, illogical statement is to say that evolution took place over millions and millions and millions of years. Sometimes they try to say billions of years, but the fact is, they have to create this time that doesn't make sense. 
the geology of this planet and the science of this planet as we understand it indicates that the Bible is correct. This is a young earth, less than 10,000 years old, and probably somewhere around 6,000 years old at this point. And so all the logic and understanding that we have all points to the fact that there is a creator. And think about it. It's the most important question that we have to ask and the most important question to answer. Were it created or not? The greatest minds since the beginning of time have all concluded there must be a creator. Einstein once said, I'm no longer asking if there is a God because I believe that science proves there is a God, there is a creator. He actually said that he wants to ask God why he did it this way. I think it's interesting that one of the greatest minds ever on this earth is not interested in how God did it because he believes that will come to us or God will explain it to us in time. He wants to know why God did it this way. But that's one of the greatest minds ever. And his conclusion based on science, not faith, but on science, is that there must be a creator. Having said that, that same creator told us to love our neighbor. Now, there are many different types of love. There's storge love, which is the love of a family. Agape love, which is the kind of love that we would have for our Lord and creator. There's philos, which, which is brotherly love. There's eros or erotic romantic love. And some sources say there are up to 11 different types of love. And one of those types of love is pragma love. Pragma love means that it is a type of love that is expressed every single day on a daily basis without fail, that you practice it because it's who you are. It becomes a part of your identity. I tell people one way to know what pragma love is, is when you see it missing. So divorces sometimes start out with people having eros, romantic love, and then maybe some type of obligation, but if they don't build the everyday practical aspects of love and communicating with each other and talking to each other, then the marriage fails. Over half of marriages end up in divorce because they don't have pragma love. Pragma love is simply the everyday, unfailing, routine expression and acts of love that we do on a regular basis. When God says, love your neighbor, what he meant was share pragma love with your neighbor. Another way that you can witness pragma love is people who have pets, especially dogs. You know, I have a dog that whenever he goes to sleep, he'll put his head on my foot and go to sleep because he loves me so much that he doesn't want me to move one inch without him. So he's sleepy and wants to go to sleep. So he puts his little head on my foot. So that way, if I move, it'll wake him up and he won't miss me. When you come home from work and your dog is at the door or at the window and just can't wait to get to you, they love you so much, it hurts. And they show it every single day without failing. They want to play with you. They want to listen with you. They're your companion. They're your road dog. They're your buddy. They're your friend. People love their pets because they give them 
unconditional daily routine love that they do naturally. So pragma love is the kind of love that you'll do naturally. If you're a good person and you're a nice person, you will have no problem smiling and laughing with others. You'll have no problems being kind and most importantly, avoiding lying or hurting others. So pragma love is really simple to understand. It is the foundational block of or, or the foundational concept of just about every type of love you can experience. If you love yourself, then you think good thoughts about yourself on a daily basis. If you love yourself, then you feed yourself and take care of yourself routinely without difficulty. That's a pragma love that you have for yourself. Now, that self-love is a different type of love, but you can see how built into that self-love is pragma love. If you have love for your neighbor and love a philos love for your brothers, well, you're going to help them. You're going to do nice things. You'll help them take care of their property. You'll help them with activities of daily living. You might even help them just by doing something as simple as smiling and saying hello and saying, hey, somebody over here is thinking about you and wishing the best for you and praying that good things happen to you. That alone is pragma love. You frequently heard me say, if you've been following in the show, say and do nice things. It's easy. It's simple and is straightforward. So breath of life is the life given to us by our Lord and creator. In fact, in Job 33 verse four, it says the spirit of God has made me and the breath of the spirit gives me life. In Ezekiel 37, five and six it says, I will cause breath to enter you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. Here at Breath of Pragma, we want to encourage you to breathe to love and love to breathe. And you can say that as many times as you want. Love to breathe, breathe to love, breathe to love, love to breathe. It's real simple. If you don't like choking because you want to live, you should feel that exact same way about using that great gift, the breath of life, to spread Pragma love. <clears throat> Our sponsors at Breath of Pragma are Executive Pulmonary Medicine at executivepulmonarymedicine.com and Dr. Poppy at drpoppy.com. If you're looking for medical help, you can check out those two sites. And here at Breath of Pragma, we always tell you that you should get all of your health care by developing a pragma relationship with your healthcare provider. The two of you should have a mutual love for each other. Your doctor should love you to the extent that they want you to be taken care of, that they want the best for you, that they want you to live. Good doctors measure their success, not by the Mercedes they drive or how many boats they own, but how healthy their patients were, how they had a good quality of life, how they educated their patients. I tell everyone that the word doctor is Latin in origin, and it means to teach. And here at Breath of Pragma, one, one of my personal agendas was to help people understand that doctors are supposed to teach. Too many times we get uh, information from our healthcare providers, and we were shuffled out the door because of 
time constraints or other factors, and we don't have an understanding. We may have gotten some health care, but we really didn't get doctoring or teaching. So at Breath of Pragma, we try to bridge that gap. Uh, we talk about <clears throat> oxygen therapy and treatment of asthma and COPD. We have discussed treatment of reflux disease and proper use of inhalers. Last week, we talked about something very important in the management of COPD and other lung diseases, which is pulmonary rehab, which is shown to, be, to improve the quality of life of people who have chronic lung diseases. So it isn't just your inhalers or your oxygen, but it's also these exercises that help, help you maintain your breath and help you do more with the lungs you have. And that's called pulmonary rehab. So if you or your loved one has a chronic lung disease, you certainly want to bring that up with your healthcare provider. So <clears throat> having said that, let's talk a little bit about oxygen. So oxygen is found in the air around us. It is about 21% of the air we breathe. About 79% of the air we breathe is nitrogen and almost all the rest is oxygen. There are small amounts of carbon dioxide and water also involved in what's called the alveolar air equation. We talked a bit about that in our first couple shows. Um, but at this point in time, I wanna uh, talk about this because sometimes, unfortunately, we have patients that have such severe COPD or other similar lung diseases where they need oxygen. And then they say something like, well, well, doc, I don't want to start that oxygen because I don't want to be dependent on it or I don't want to be addicted to it. They literally say, I don't want to need oxygen in order to live. Well, there's two problems with that statement. Number one, if you are a human being on planet Earth, then you're already addicted and dependent on oxygen. You need oxygen in order to live. Organisms that don't need oxygen to live are called anaerobes, and they can live without oxygen. In fact, sometimes those anaerobes produce oxygen. But we are aerobic organisms. We must have oxygen to live. We breathe in about 21% oxygen, and we breathe out about 16% oxygen. Now, that's interesting because people who understand what numbers mean in the Bible really understand the importance of that statement. So we have a creator that designed us and that creator puts proof that we are his creation in every part of our body. If you take a cross section of someone's heart, you can see the letter Shin. It looks like a W, but it's the Hebrew letter Shin, and it's actually the first letter of the name of Jesus Christ. Inside of our bodies, there's a molecule called laminin. Look it up. It's going to blow your mind. It is literally a molecule that is shaped like a cross. And that molecule that is shaped like a cross literally holds us together. It is a binding protein that basically prevents your tissue from falling off your body. 
So we have the letter of the Lord Jesus in the shape of our heart. We have a cross throughout the microscopic structure of our body, literally holding us together. In fact, that laminin molecule also has a property where it makes the blood flow. And so you frequently hear Christians talking about the blood of Jesus and, and the blood flowing and blood songs. And these are all about the power of the blood of Jesus. Well, laminin, this little cross, this little cross-shaped protein in our body actually all not only holds us together, but it has properties where it helps maintain blood flow throughout our body. And this is one of the points that creationists make when we say God left his mark in us. Well, another way God left his mark in us is we breathe in 21% oxygen, but we breathe out 16% oxygen. That means we, we use 5% of the oxygen we breathe in. And <clears throat> the number five in biblical terms means it is, it is symbolic of God's grace. So literally, every time you breathe in 21% oxygen and breathe out 16% oxygen and you use 5% oxygen, just remember that number five is symbolic of God's grace. Every breath you take is proof of the grace of God. And honestly, the more you study this, the more you put science together with the biblical word, you realize science proves the Bible, affirms the Bible, and confirms the Bible over and over and over. So let's talk a little bit about why people might need additional oxygen beyond the 21% that we all breathe routinely on a daily basis. One reason people might need additional oxygen is if there's less oxygen in the air around us. So if someone were to climb Mount Everest, when you get above sea level, the further you go up into the air, the less oxygen there will be around you. So if you're in an environment on the top of a mountain or up in an airplane where the environment is not controlled, you will need additional oxygen because there's not enough oxygen in the air around you. So one common sense reason for low for people needing oxygen is if they're in an environment where there's just not enough oxygen. So other reasons that people might need oxygen is if the heart is not able to push the blood through the lungs properly, if there is not enough blood. Anemia is one cause of shortness of breath. So if you have shortness of breath, one of the things your healthcare provider will check is your red blood cell count. If you have something filling the little alveoli or the air sacs in your lungs, such as water, like in conditions like congestive heart failure, or if something else is filling those little air sacs like pus in the case of pneumonia or infections, well, now there's enough oxygen in the air around you and your heart is pushing the blood through your lungs appropriately. However, the oxygen can't make it into those little air sacs and cross the membranes into your blood. So therefore, you'll need more oxygen to make up for that disease process. Sometimes you can have blood clots in your lungs that you, you breathe in 21% oxygen, but some of that oxygen 
is going to a part of your lung where there is no blood flow. So that's another reason that people might need additional oxygen. If something occurs that leads to chronic structural damage of your lungs, like COPD, then that's another reason people might need additional oxygen beyond the 21% that we routinely breathe on a daily basis. So sometimes you can buy those pulse oximeters, which are a, a little devices that you can wear over your finger and you can get them at grocery stores and health stores and pharmacies and places like that. And they're relatively cheap and relatively accurate. But when that number, that little saturation on there gets to 89% or lower, well, you really need to be speaking with your healthcare provider about trying to fix that problem. And if it's 88 or lower, then you right now need additional oxygen. So one point that I, I want to make about oxygen is this. <clears throat> oxygen being low is like driving your car down the street with no gas gauge. You see, everything is going fine until you use that last molecule of gasoline and then your car just stops and that's the end. So if I can leave you with one point this week about low oxygen, it's that if your oxygen is below 88%, you are not okay and you need to be calling 911 and speaking to a healthcare professional. So use that 88% as a guide, a hard guide to say, man, if I am 88 or lower, I need help right now. And remember, some people can have an oxygen level of 88% or even lower and feel just fine, but you're not okay. That is not enough oxygen to sustain a human body over time. And you don't know how long it's going to be before you use that last molecule of oxygen. And then you just fall over and die right there. So if your healthcare provider has provided oxygen for you, wear it. You are already addicted to oxygen. You are already dependent on oxygen. You already need oxygen to make it through life. So if you need additional oxygen to live according to your healthcare provider, I am telling you, children of God, wear it. You are not okay. You might get away with it for a short while, but remember that concept of driving your car down the street with no gas gauge. Everything is great, but you start running low on gas, you'll, your car will still run and it'll still sound great and it'll still move. But when you use that last molecule, that's it. Your car is done and it stops. And it's the same thing with oxygen. When you use that last molecule of oxygen, it is over. So if your doctor says you need oxygen, wear your oxygen. It is literally a life or death decision. And children of God, this is not a negotiation. You need oxygen to live. End of discussion. And if your oxygen is below 90%, you need to be speaking to your healthcare provider that day. If it's 89 or lower, you need to be calling 911 and getting attention and getting that taken care of. <clears throat> Here at Breath of Pragma, we believe that the breath of life is the greatest gift given to us. In Proverbs chapter 10, verse 11, it says the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life. In Proverbs 18, 21, 
It says the power of life and death are in the words we speak. So we have to remember that the gift, the one gift that came from inside us, from inside God, directly into us was the breath of life. In Job chapter 7, verse 7, it says, Oh, remember that my life is breath. We go over almost every week different verses that teach us how powerful the breath of life is. In Job 17, 21, it reads, My breath is corrupt and my days are extinct and the grave is ready for me. So that basically teaches us that no breath equals death. Hold your breath for a few seconds and see how safe you feel when you start to miss that air. And then you'll really see how important and how, and how vital the breath of life is. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24, it says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. That is our hope here at Breath of Pragma. When we talk about asthma and COPD and how to manage it and how to treat it and how to maintain your breath of life, it is because we firmly believe that all science, all logic, all reasoning, all history points to the fact that there is a creator and that creator gave you the breath of life. It is by far and away the most powerful gift ever given to mankind. And those words that come out of your mouth are powerful. The Lord Jesus Christ said, it's not what goes in you that defiles you. It is what comes out of you. Making reference once again to the power of your words. Say hello. Say nice things to people. Don't be afraid to compliment people. Don't be to say you look afraid. To, you look happy today. Don't be afraid to wave. We have the power to change it. If you think there's evil in the world, and there is, you have the option to be good in the world. You have two choices. You're either going to be the dark or you're going to be the light. It is impossible to be something other than one of those two things. So we encourage you, be nice, say nice things, do nice things, spread pragma love. We'll see you next week.